Hello and welcome to the 25th episode of the podcast for the recently deceased. I am Nate Roberts. I am Rodney Godek. How are you doing, brother? Uh, I'm good. As I um, previously mentioned, super tired, but I'm glad to be back. Got to apologize to everyone uh, for missing last week. Uh, You know, when when duty calls, sometimes you just got to take care of that duty. Uh huh. That sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it happens. So, uh, I mean, it's weird when things like this happen. I mean, it's only been a couple of times yeah. for us, but I mean, our format is difficult in that we try to pack a lot of breakdown into and in two films and a one session, and so it gets heavy in general and difficult to get through all the things that we want to get through with each movie or film. And so these two, I didn't take time to rewatch them before this week. And so they're like two weeks old almost in memory. And so this is going to be a little bit uh, hindered by that, but I'm not concerned because I definitely enjoyed both of these movies and am excited to talk about them. Uh, So I'm okay with it. Okay, um, so before we get started, uh, there are spoilers. Um, we did change our format up from like telling you everything that happens to uh, to just not filtering ourselves. Um, but if you don't like spoilers, watch the movies and come back. Sounds good. Right. So, so let's start with uh yeah let's start with uh start talking about you are not my mother. We got real high energy uh, today. Obviously. I mean, I can I can bring it up for sure, right. uh, and I will. Let's so you are not okay. my mother. Yeah. Uh, and well, I let me read this one then. We'll okay. Start it off. In a North Dublin housing estate, Shar's mother goes missing. When she returns, Shar is determined to uncover the truth of her disappearance and unearth the dark secrets of her family. This is written and directed by Kate Dolan, starring Hazel Dupe, Carolyn Bracken, and Paul Reed. Uh, this obviously is Irish, an Irish horror tale. Um, maybe with a bit heavy drama element is another tag that they have on the IMD page, at least. Uh, it sits at a 5.8 on IMDb. And in Rotten Tomatoes, I want to say it has, yeah, it's certified fresh with an 89% uh, by critic reviews and a 47% audience score. It is not fresh Ooh. as far as uh, fewer than 50 ratings for an audience score. So, okay. but I can see uh, to me, both IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, uh, I understand and that scans with what i watched sure yeah i think all the numbers are probably pretty accurate um across the the board sure uh i mean for me this felt like a very um i wish that i would have seen this in the fall it being set in halloween or during halloween the month of October. Right, right. Which I don't know how much they actually celebrate that in Ireland. Right. Well, they, but, they, so were, cel- they were definitely uh, celebrating Samhain. Right. Right. Um, 
but there yeah. you could see some decorations and it wasn't overtly crazy decorations but there was happy halloween type things on at least one of the backdrops so the mood the atmosphere of this whole film i feel like it would have been heightened had i watched it during the fall to me i think i might rewatch this in the fall because it's a, a new story sort of in the halloween mythos uh it tells a very english irish british isles tale uh, and it made me think of a, a book that i had read not long ago uh which i guess we're just going to get into it called uh, jonathan strange and mr norrell and this book is about fairies and how fairies abscond with people's uh souls or bodies and things like that and do you know uh dastardly deeds in fairyland yeah, I would call this folk horror definitely. I'd you know yeah, put, yeah. put it in the realm of uh, of like hatching and um, we've watched uh, a ton of that lately. Yeah, Hellbender, um, you know, uh, a bunch. Yeah, a bunch of stuff like this. Yeah, and, I mean, and... you are you are not alone. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh I loved you are not alone. Yeah, and they're all and they're all they've all been good. Um, mm -hmm. You know, slow. But but good. Um, this one actually gives you a lot more uh, meat. I think there's uh, there's a lot of not even like exposition, but like a lot of information you're getting about all the characters, and not in a you know not in a um, direct way, in a more subtle way. Um, yeah, they're not going to hold your hand as much. It kind of is doing a more it's a more mature uh, filmmaking approach. Yeah. Yes, it's... it it doesn't zoom in on the thing you're <laughs> you're supposed to see with with a creepy music like you know some like creepy music, yeah. um which which is great. Thank you, Kate Dolan, for that, um for letting me use my brain. <laughs> I still I still take umbrage with you being annoyed with fresh because of that. Uh, so spoiler know... alert and fresh. <laughs> when noah is scanning uh i think it's steve steve's house at the end uh to try to plan her escape you like were annoyed by that a little yeah. bit yeah the zoom in on the cell phones man like we know the cell phones are there we knew they were there <laughs> from the beginning when he put the cell phones there i said to myself oh she's gonna have to get those cell phones later I yeah, but I think it was more so. But oh, they yeah. needed to zoom, at least with that, they needed to zoom in so that she could understand her friend is here, and it gave her a reason to go find her friend. All right, I'll but give you either the way. showing the friend's cell phone. Yeah, um, but your point with whenever she's looking for the knife or the door or the escape, like I felt that her scanning it made logical sense with the plot, and it didn't right. bother me. Well, here, but I'm, we I'm, have seen it in a few other films where. It it just happened to me in Stranger Things, and uh, here you go, spoilers. Stranger oh, Things. Oh well, okay. Let's not use Stranger <laughs> Things as like the the standard of. If Stranger <laughs> Things did it, then really they've jumped the shark. Type. I don't know. <laughs> Stranger Things season four, final episode seven. Uh, you know the the antagonist is turning into the villain in a scene, that's a flashback, and mm -hmm. after he does turn into the villain, it zooms in on his wrist oh, right. to yeah, show yeah. the tattoo. Stupidest fucking like, thing I know. Like, Dude. <laughs> we get it. We got it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, like, I kind of had a feeling a while ago. Yeah. And now, yes, it's very, very yeah. clear. Oh, thank you. 
And right? as soon as it started to like, it's like the camera was here and you could see it starting to turn to, I was like, you're not going to show. You're not going to show. Us the tattoo, you don't you? need to do that. You're not really going to do that. There's something he's holding something. Please tell me he's holding something that you want me to see. No, yeah. it's the tattoo. It's the ta- you fucking morons. Just in case this flying into the upside down, lightning striking transformation into the villain was not enough for you. Here's the tattoo. So you're a hundred percent sure that he's the bad guy. Yeah. What like the, the fuck? <laughs> so the way I interpret that obviously is that the general public are fucking morons. And or they have or to everyone speak. in Hollywood thinks that the general public is fucking is a fucking moron. But I think it's fair <laughs> to say that they probably are. You know, the uproar uh there's uproar with the new Pixar Buzz Lightyear because there's I believe there's the same sex type thing and people are annoyed or offended by that. Uh, you know, the outrage or the like Jurassic World people seem to just not want to have fun and watch dinosaurs tear shit up. People are complaining because they kind of recreate the the T-Rex Jurassic Park logo with a set piece at this new island that really has no purpose being there except to create the gag visually when you see the T-Rex pass behind it. Right. Why are you annoyed by that? Just let it fucking go. That's just fine. It's a movie Uh, about dinosaurs. Right. (laughs) Probably don't take it so seriously. (laughs) Yeah. So, but people um, are not good at understanding cinema as a whole. Uh, So, you know, they kind of need to be force fed. And yeah, Stranger Things definitely does that. Yeah. So, okay. Back um, to. So, you're not my mother. Um, <laughs> so, like the synopsis says, it talks about Char's mother going missing. So, this film uh, starts with a. Well, in general, the feelings of this, it takes place during Halloween. I think that yeah. what this film does successfully is it sets the mood. And it really definitely. is a bit of a slow burn, right? Oh, yeah. Slow burn, very atmospheric, very um, – it does a very good job of what you just said, uh, setting the mood. And the mood changes often, and they and they are taking you along for the ride. Like I said, this has a little more meat on it than a, than a traditional slow burn because the, you, they are um, telling an, a real story here instead of just creepy stuff, creepy stuff, creepy stuff reveal. Um, yeah, because there's so much – like you were saying, folklore, there's a lot of um... – there's a lot of things that already exist. And so whenever they show like a small snippet of uh, Rita, who's the, the grandmother in this uh, Char's grandmother, um, she is like, you know, doing a little thing with uh, earthly objects, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's always doing and, she's always and casting twigs little, and sticks. Yeah. Even whenever little... she's coming in and out of a, a door, you can see something hung on the back of the door. You're like, okay, all of this is, is, for a reason and the world that they're in is sort of this imbued with magic or a sense of the supernatural is there and you don't know it you just have to trust that you're going to get more information as it slowly builds well right so what's great from my perspective is that you don't know right um you're right well you don't know until you know so until you don't until you know the grandmother it could be a kook right she's like crazy old lady who mm-hmm. thinks she's a witch right her stuff is very basic it's very like wiccan like it's probably stuff yeah. you've seen you've seen in real life if you know someone who claims to be a wiccan um things like that 
you know, she smudges and she makes she makes a little ball of twigs and she tells uh, Char that it will protect her. Um, you know, but it starts with this crazy scene where um, there's an empty stroller and a woman crying and the old woman, who we find out to be Char, uh, Char's grandmother, ta has this baby. She takes on the middle of the woods and she lights a circle of fire around it. And then it pretty much cuts to present. So we don't we don't get what yeah, that you see was. a flash of a book. You see text on a book. You see the ring drawn in it with an object in it, and you see fire. There's words. You can't make out anything. And the the grandmother's like watching, kind of almost um, unemotionally acting out this ritual, and the baby screaming and the flames going up, and you just cut to the future. And so, um, it. I like that there was mystique there where you don't know. And for a while, it was kind of like, you know, you recognize the grandmother really quickly. Yeah. I was like, well, so was this, was this Char or was this um, Ida? Is it Ida? No, Ida's from uh, the other movie. Um, right. What's the name of the mother? Is it Angela? Yeah, Angela. Angela, yeah. I was like, was it the mother or was it <clears throat> Char? And I right. couldn't uh, tell, but, that, but I felt like that must be something like that related to it, you know? Yeah, and right away the movie is kind of steeped in mental illness where the where Angela, the mother, is kind of a space cadet and um, there's, like, no food in the house ever and she's, like, you know, like, out of her mind on, like, lithium, as far as you can tell, sleeps all day. Um, and... So what do you think is that? Do you think after all of the events transpire, how do you interpret her being that way at the start of the movie? Is it that she's lived with this fear or this presence or this potential, which obviously has happened in the past because they talk about that? Yeah. Is I... it like, what is it? Is it that she knows that this is a looming thing or she just happens to be in a funk in general? Yeah, yeah honestly, I think she's just you know midlife single mom lives with her brother and her mother crazy mom mm -hmm. um you know she probably never believed the first time right the time in the woods right she probably thought right. that was her mom being crazy and you know people with crazy parents they always worry that they're gonna go crazy too and She's just probably was really depressed um, for no other reason than, you know, being unemployed and single and, and being a single parent. Yeah, uh, that's I mean, that's my guess. Um, and then, of course, the the scare of the events kind of breathed some life back into her. OK, yeah, I guess I guess I kind of feel the same way. Uh, I don't know. But because of the way that they describe how she had experienced similar, uh, her mother, grandmother calls it like her, one of her down periods. Yeah. Where, yeah, it could just be suffering from depression in general. Yeah. And she could be bipolar, now this other event is going to occur. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they don't really talk about it, but I would imagine, you know, uh, those that have these uh, that are affected psychologically in this way might be victims for what we find this presence to prey upon. Right, 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 right. That might make them easier prey. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So, um, 
I think that the so we talked about the atmosphere yeah. and the way it looks. I think that the soundtrack also does that. There's a there's a theme that kind of happens throughout the whole film that they keep reutilizing, which made me think of like all the classic horrors that have, you know, Friday the 13th has Jason's theme with the sound and Michael Myers and Halloween has its kind of John sure, Carpenter sure. score. Yeah. This, I think the score really utilized the strings and the kind of heightened uh, tension or unease or questioning of things. You're not really sure, but like they use that a lot in the sound design. And I think it was nice. It was like emotional, but uneasy, you know? Sure. Um, so when we get into the story, the, uh, the bullies, right? Uh, yeah. And that's the other thing. Bullying is a big element of this too. So, so I think, seeing it in this movie made me really like critically analyze like every movie I think I've ever seen and how, and how like the, the, how like that underdog uh, main character is somehow always, almost always bullied in the beginning. Like at probably Mm -hmm. every slasher ever made probably, you know, uh, you know, tons of rom-coms like, it's it's such a uh, a trope and kind of an overused trope. Um, I even kind of scoffed at it at the beginning of this movie, but I was so happy with how it turned out. Yeah, it it, it like because it definitely took a different path, and um, it really like. Well, once again, it it added to the story like the bully uh suzanne her mm-hmm. her mom's story kind of adds to this world and and creates this bigger picture and right and i just i just loved it and i loved how the how the second bully like suzanne's number two from the beginning who mm-hmm. who kind of appears to be like way more unstable as like a human uh, early on immediately right. takes over the gang and and her idea of of bullying someone is is way off the charts crazy because um, you know she's just she's just that kind of person and but it's it's uh, you know congruent with how we saw her earlier when we see her again later it's not like that that bonfire uh, scene isn't outrageous because they've set up this girl to be like way crazier and more unstable than the head bully she's like the number yeah two willing to and up she, the stakes in yeah. an absurd way to lash out and you know make her mark or prove herself to herself and others um her social status and i think that this film does a great job of creating the community that all these characters exist in you know all of these events kind of I don't know, feed into one another. You don't get much of the school environment. You just get a little bit with the teacher who's sort of also guidance, guidance counselor. counselor. Yeah. And, um, uh, oh God. No, I was just saying like, so that part, that element is there, the bullies, the, the police officers that are involved with the disappearance, the mothers, and like, you know, the Suzanne's parents saying, stay away from that family. That's the, the, I think O'Donnell's, right. I can't remember if that was her name. Uh, yeah, she did. Yeah, you know, did. it all 
yeah, builds but... like the the richness of the town that they live in and it just feels very lived in and real to all right. the characters that are in it yeah i thought that was funny how the main uh the main bully's parents warn the bully not to hang out with the girl she's bullying right because they because just knew of the past and the weird the, shit they're the weird family right. yeah yeah um, uh so, oh i also really enjoyed the uh the field trip i thought was uh was good because that once again that was more history of Samhain, uh so like whoever wrote right this movie, well kate um well and that's also where they talk about um you know the they explain it's a bit of the exposition with the other events that are going on because i think isn't it in that little um vitrine or that where, little video piece where they talk about the water right yes but that's when it also flashes back to the to the fire story i believe as well mm. right or oh no, uh, that, no no she tells she tells her about that later that's that was yeah funny. no yeah read uh the grandmother explains yeah. that but i think that's where we start to understand the actions where the mother was playing with her in the river in the and river, you're like yes. how close she came to potentially yeah um <laughs> yeah being taken also so overall um it's not you know we're complimenting it a lot it has its faults it it's it is a bit slow it's not earth shattering and and so over the top or interesting and engrossing that it's making you think a whole lot it doesn't go too far push anything it's sort of like uh comfortable you know yeah yeah, the gore wasn't gory. There's, I think, one fatality. Yeah, it's not trying to do any of that, right? Yeah, it's not one, at the yeah. point of it. Um, there's only yeah, there's only one kill. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, unless you count the the changeling. I love that it's about changelings. I, I'll say that now, right? Um, yeah. Because once again, you know, we talk about the Wendigo uh, for antlers, and you know, any time they do. Uh, something that's not a fucking werewolf or vampire. I'm ecstatic. <laughs> sure. Like, can, like we've we've got plenty of those movies, guys. Well, yeah, I think that that's what's so great about this is that it is a unique story where changelings and fairies and all of that existing around the Halloween environment, it just helps heighten and build a the setting in such a way that it's it's fun to play in. And it's not a story that you hear a lot. And so yeah. I give, that's where I, I think it really hold, held my interest is that it was a unique story, unique location, you know, an Irish horror, yeah, uh, which is not overly represented in the horror genre. Like I've searched out for, um, looked for films that come from this area. And there's a few up there that are known, but it's not something you see a lot of things produced in or around. Sure. <clears throat> when you, what, what was, uh, was it the one? Was oh, we, the just one we just saw. We just watched let one, the, right? wrong, let the one wrong, wrong one in. Yeah, yeah, and that was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, so yeah, I guess in summations, just it's very, it is good, but it wasn't really anything groundbreaking that's gonna stick with you forever. It's like it's a nice addition to watch when the season comes around. I think it'll be heightened then. Uh, and it's very approachable. I think it's a good entry into horror, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very tame. I'm sure it has an R rating, but, I mean, it might as well be a PG-13 or whatever. Like, I'm sure I'm sure teenagers... Uh, oh, well, are, because are of where it was safe. made, it might not have a rating. 
Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, MPA would probably have given it an R. You uh, think so? Yeah, they, you know, there there was some gore, and there's probably they probably say fuck a couple times. The Irish uh, love to say, uh, right. Well, fucking cunt. I'm sure they say cunt in the movie a couple times. Um. Yeah. So as you're saying, uh, very good movie, and good is the best word to describe. Yeah. It, I think it's. It's um, not great, not groundbreaking. It uh, tells a very good story. I think that's its strength. Um, I would also give it points for the actors. Um, I, I just love not recognizing anybody. Everybody giving a solid performance. Um, all the people in the movie looking normal. Normal, average people, right? Like, you don't have, like, your, you know, your... It's, it's um, American. Sometimes it's concerning when you say that. Like, <laughs> I get just everyday like people that you can't like. They they don't look like they're a character actor or trying to play a bit role or type yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, they, like... they just look like people. Well, they yeah. you know they're. They... It's it's nice to be taken away from the American Hollywood style of filmmaking, right? And and transported to a world where. Uh, you know where it looks like it could be your town, mm-hmm. like walking down the street in your town, um, and and I definitely enjoy that about about a lot of foreign films actually. Um, just use you know or actors that seem like everyday folk. Yeah, and you know when you talk about the uh, actors themselves, I think that everyone was decent. I feel like the mother, um, Carolyn Bracken, plays Angela. I feel like there were some scenes where, I mean, like the, I guess the, the major scene in the middle of the movie when she's doing the the dancing and the crawling on the floor, like that was definitely a pretty intense and oh yeah, pretty she, well, pretty well done. She gave a great performance. I thought the grandmother mm-hmm. was great. Uh, even the uncle was good and like uh, for for what he was in it for, you know. Yeah, because he got to be emotional. He's taking care of his sister, who's also his niece. And he's also got to take care of his mom, and he feel you know, he feels like he's the man of the house. He's also the mm-hmm. only one with a job, as far as we could tell. Um, so, you know, they're this poor family living in a house off one income of of the uncle, and then he gets you know poisoned by the by the changeling. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, how about do you want to give uh, a rating now, and we'll get into some of the spoilers and talk about some scenes? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I uh, would give this movie, "You Are Not My Mother," uh, a six out of ten. Uh, I've I had been living with this as a seven for a while, but as times passed, I have lowered and reconsidered. And yes, I'm resting also at a six. Yeah, and I think it's six... it's not amazing. It's a very it's a good movie. Uh, like yeah. I said, I think I would if I watched it during Halloween month, I'm gonna be, enjoy it more. And I think it's to be a good introduction to the genre for someone that's not that used to it. Sure. I think it's good because of that. Yeah, I love it. And uh, the I, unique story. I also think six is a, is a good rating. Uh, yes, it is. It's not a six is not a bad movie in any way. Uh, a six is just a movie that. You'll prob you'll stream it when the mood strikes you. You're just not gonna put the Blu-ray on your shelf, you know. Right. Yeah, that's a good a good way to talk about it. I mean, it's such a weird time with streaming and 
and television anyways you know not everyone has cable and so you're not going to like catch this on a rerun on anything right. if it's added to something you might watch it but um you know it's hard to say so uh all right so let's get through some of the spoilers and talk about some of the cool stuff so we talked about the beginning of the movie, the the events that happened yep. with the with the fire and the okay. ritual. All right. Go ahead. But we didn't talk about what happens pretty much next, which right. is okay, so you get the you get the the girl, uh, Char, and she's like getting ready for school and as far as you can tell, I think the viewer is supposed to think that she has more of her shit together than her entire family. And you know could could go on to to bigger and better things, um, but she's getting a ride to school from her mother, who, you know, is sleeps all day as far as we know. Yeah, she had to wake her up to get the ride to school, and yeah. she wanted to ask her grandmother. Grandmother's sort of an invalid in a lot of ways. She's got her foot acting up or some other shit, yeah. and so she's like, "You're gonna have to ask your mother." And she like had to drag her out of bed to do it. So she's like, uh, "Yeah, I'll wait in the car." And the whole ride is uncomfortable. Her mother's just like staring off into space as they're driving to school. Yeah. She looks at her and says, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And the next time we see her, she gets home. There's Angela's not there. The, the mother Angela's not there. They, they start looking for her. And then they find the car in a field uh, with the door open abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, 24 hours later, she returns to the house. That night, a, she returns. Oh, was it that night? And yeah. she's a, and she's a completely different person. She's right. happy. She's wearing a full outfit of clothes instead of just like something you would see. Yeah, she's in. wearing a dress, and the daughter notices, like, "What is? What are you wearing?" And she's cooking. <laughs> she's cooking. Um, which the grandmother is suspicious right away. Rita. And she kind of... Uh... Oh, yeah. The grandmother knows what the fuck is going on. And yeah. she's not having any of this shit. You yeah. think she's just being crazy old lady. And there's no reason to believe. But you kind of are suspicious about the mother, too, to be so 180 with her emotions. Right. It could be the fact that she's on drugs now. Because, obviously, she disappeared. They talked about her depression in the past. And so she is on now lithium and other uh, meds to keep her in check. Which is what a doctor would do if she seemingly ran away. Um, so yeah, you kind of aren't sure what to think about her, but you have your guard up. But the mother, the grandmother, is very quickly not having it, and so that she's cooking a meal for everyone, and everyone's complimenting. Oh, it smells so good! It smells so good! And the mother, grandmother, comes in. and She's just like, "Whoops!" <laughs> and spills the food that she's prepared all over the floor. I loved this aspect of it because, like, it looked like she was making some kind of a fucking gruel type soup. Yeah. I feel like, like, I wonder what this was. Like, was this, like, poison? They're all going to die? <laughs> yeah. Or is this going to, like, put them under a spell? Because, like, you know, as we get to the events at the end, you know, who knows what this was? <laughs> yeah. And the consistency and color, the only thing I could think was some sort of split pea, right? Like, right. it could have only been split pea soup, which. Which didn't make sense because she was using a pumpkin. Yeah, in it, there so was it's all like... sorts of stuff going on, and you don't walk into the room with split pea soup and go, mm, "That smells good." Right? Yeah, no, because it's kind of like, Ugh, "What are, is this a side?" I hope <laughs> this, this isn't the main course, right? I'm gonna eating like ham, and I can right. maybe have a little bit of this. 
And then we get a little bit I would more. Hope. We get a little bit more from the from the. It is Irish though, so yeah, that's I mean, true. At that's least true. it wasn't fucking haggis. Yeah. Well, we get a little bit more from the brother uh, here, where he comes home with enough uh, what they call chips, but it's it's French fries. Uh, oh fuck yeah! But he comes <laughs> he, he comes home with enough for everybody, and so that and that and that's their dinner. So so and he didn't know the the his sister was cooking. So obviously. He already planned on this being their dinner, so this is how they live. Like that one income is it, and he does take care of them. He feeds them, like right. Um, so just like adding to the the meat, like there's there there is a lot a lot of, to chew in this movie. You different things that are going on, right? Um, in the way that. So the one thing where it also kind of clues you in that something weird is going on is the way that the mother does event actually return that first night before the meds the next day that of the scene that we're talking about is Shar kind of wakes up or is have at the bedside she wakes up and she's sort of having this like dream where she sees a figure in her mother's bed with a uh, like a cloth or a sheet draped over it and she gets closer and it's kind of tinged in red light. She's closer and closer, and then she takes it off, and she sees like this visage of her mother with her eyes and mouth sewn shut. Oh yeah. And then she like she like wakes up the next morning, and that's when she sees, or or that night, and then she finds her mother downstairs, uh, at the table just eating ravenously. You know the door is open because that's the other thing that too, that happens as well in this movie with the sound. The old house is creaky, and so whenever there's a night scene or she's walking around, it's very uneasy uh, because of that. And they do a good job of heightening that mood with the way that they shoot this. It's very close and small oh, yeah. in a lot of the scenes. Yeah, they do a lot of that that low budget um, close up camera work. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, especially when they're like moving through the house and things like that. Yeah. So at this dinner the next night, when you mention the fish and chips, like all I can think about is the scene where uh, Angela, the mother, is just she's staring daggers at her mother, at the grandmother, because yeah. she knows, like, bitch, like you're fucking on to me, but I'm I'm fucking, I can't believe you did that shit, and she's just like eating them so. F- forcefully because she's told to eat and so she's eating them and just like staring straight at her yeah it's fucking hilarious like intense uh but she snaps out of it and she's like oh we should go on a trip let's go let's get out of here she's talking to char right right just and, me. let's go and her brother is like what the fuck are you talking about you're not going anywhere no I'm taking her yeah. she keeps fantasizing he's like no you're not fucking leaving and he gives even he the next morning he gives Shar uh, her credit card or debit card like don't let your mom fucking do anything like you get right. you're the adult right now you gotta yeah. take care of her and so obviously Shar's got to hit, shoulder this responsibility and it's just it's a weird thing yeah. she doesn't know what to do how to interact with her so this will be where um, two things start to happen the one is the angela is going to poison um uh the brother with lithium yeah Uh, and i believe uh susan is going to start to you know apologize to uh char and they're going to start 
a friendship. Yeah, they but start it, a friendship. It, but it also it also doesn't just happen like it would in in some other films. Like, oh my god, the bullies being nice to me. Uh, Char rejects it at first um, mm-hmm. because she's like, "Fuck you! You you're, you've been my bully for as long as this movie's been on." Um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just going to trust you because you say sorry. Um, so, so you know, we get we get some of that, and then we all we also get the uh, the other bullies um, questioning Suzanne's uh, newfound uh, affection or affinity for um, for Sean. Right. Yeah. So she's dealing with that. Um... Uh, and what's his she's name? Still... The, the, the uncle goes into a coma from the lithium poison. Right. Yeah. So the, yeah, Shar um Shar's mother poisons him, and yeah, he's now OD'd on lithium, and the, he barely made it through, and he's he's incapacitated. I think for the for the rest of the movie. Um, and at one point, it could be before this or not, but like, uh, there's a scene that makes more sense later at the at the um the art museum that you're talking about where the mother takes Shar out for a walk or something and they're just kind of loving life and she takes her to the river's edge in town and she starts to like kind of dis- take off her jacket and it's like it's halloween it's cold it's fucking yeah. october in ireland i'm pretty sure they're even further north than we are technically aren't they yeah. oh yeah i'm sure they are so, I mean, it's cool to shit. And she goes in the water and just like kind of maniacally. And Char's very concerned. She follows her in. And I think Char has like a flash or a vision of some other shit while she is like going out to the water to save her mother because she's concerned. She doesn't pop back up out of the water. But like her mother's playful about it. And it freaks her out. And she runs back on the, the bank. And, she, and the mother's kind of upset. Like, no, you just come on. It's fun. We're having fun. Just come on out. It's not until later uh, where you're you get more exposition at that gallery that that's one of the things that fairies do. Like they live near uh, water, bodies of water, these spirits. That's where they can abscond with you with a with a human form to like take and have a changeling then come back uh, in their body or to take over their body in, in that way. Yeah. And so I love that aspect of it. The fact that they explained why she was acting the way because you didn't really understand it at first. You know, it didn't make sense. And it's not until later that it's just to clue you in. It could just be disturbing behavior. Like she is kind of crazy or mental. The pills aren't doing what they're supposed to do. It's still a mental illness thing. It's not supernatural necessarily, regardless yeah. of how the mother is acting. I love that they keep you kind of, they keep playing both sides for a while through the film. Uh, and that scene was just really neat that yeah. they called it back to explain it. You know, I, I also like, uh, how long they waited to reveal and how well they kept it hidden. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't like show you, uh, Angela doing things that humans can't do. Uh, right. And, and then, and then try to have you question the mental illness in the next scene. Mm-hmm. They didn't reveal until the last minute. And when they reveal, that's when you're, that's when they're, oh, okay. This is, this is the path. Um, which I think is, is, uh, coming up here. 
Um, I think the only other event that happens that's between the mother and Char and that's really crazy that was a really cool scene was the, the dancing scene with the music playing real loud because yeah, the Aaron, yeah. the brother's gone now. And right. so and I think the mother is even upstairs or maybe she was at the hospital still right. taking care of the brother, putting the little sage bombs underneath his bed, uh, no, right? Yep, yep. She, yeah, Smoking. she definitely was at the hospital. So, so yeah, so the mother starts playing music and she's dancing. And she gets down on all fours and is like eating the beat with her fists on the floor yeah. and really getting into the fucking song, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and is yeah. freaking out Shar and like Shar ends up running away because the mother is kind of coming after her. Yeah. And this was fucking like kind of scary where the, the mother's like, she might even be trying to attack her. I can't recall, but she like it's a chase. Like the mother yeah. starts chasing her around the fucking house and it's super tense because. It's like she's crawling away and the mother's like scrambling and she's scrambling fast and it's fucking freaky the way yeah. that she's moving. Yeah, and then when, when Char does get away, she just starts pounding the floor again like double fisted with the beat of the music. Yeah. And uh, does she, I think she screams. This is the, the, yeah, yeah, the big yeah. scream too. Yeah. And yes. Just the, super creepy, unnerving, yeah. doesn't really make sense. The mental illness thing still seems like that's plausible type stuff, but there's so much supernatural things. You you don't know what to get, what to think. Yeah. Um well, and you, for the girl you're just like what the fuck? Yeah, I mean you kind of you kind of almost want to believe that the grandma's crazy and that and that it's probably mental illness. Right. Um, yeah, like let me have some grounding in reality just to make this seem like a something that's manageable. Yeah. But but so it's, it's shortly thereafter that uh I think Shar's coming back maybe from that field trip where the grandmother now pulls her aside and explains everything. Tells her, yeah, tells her the story, tells her that she, you know that she was a changeling, had to burn it away. Um, tells her the that the beginning of the movie was her. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, it, she was a changeling. Some her body was stolen, and the only way to chase off the spirit to bring her body back was to do this ring of fire yep. and say the words and all that. So they um. Uh, then he tells she tells her that uh, Angela is a changeling, and we have to come up with this plan. To we're gonna do the same thing, right? Yeah, and and you're gonna have to trust me, and you're it's gonna be uncomfortable, and you're gonna hate it, but you're gonna have to do everything I say when I say it. And um, yeah, so they do it, or they try to do it. Well, yeah, she's chained, uh, she's locked up on the bed upstairs, yeah. and. They open the door and Char is really uncomfortable with it because she yeah. looks like she had that bad dream. It's like what she looks like there and she's freaking out. And yeah. obviously the changeling mother is trying to be like, what are you doing to me? This is not right. Like, you yeah. know, she's playing it up. Yeah, she can't handle her mom being restrained um, like that. So she kind of pushes the grandmother out of the room and right. unlocks Angela, uh, who... Then I very quickly turns on her. Turns on, yeah, turns on her, and then she's like, "Oh my god, I was wrong," and mm -hmm, has. But it's and too late. Ha but it's too late. She does get away, but the Rita, daughter does. Yeah, but, but yeah, Rita yeah, the doesn't mother get doesn't... away. Yeah, so no. this is the this is the body count. It's uh, Angela does kill Rita. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's running to Suzanne, who's the only person she knows that can help her. Um, with the uncle being in a coma, and she gets picked up by the 
other bullies. Right. They find, I think, I can't remember if they had planned on using the, because they're in the whole movie is like, there's going to be a Halloween bonfire. And so you see scenes of the kids gathering all the pallet wood to make this bonfire for Halloween night. And so now this is where the culmination of the movie is going to occur, the climax. And I want to say that they knew the bonfire was there and they planned on running to it, right? They plan on... Yep. Right. Oh, because because they make a plan to come back and have trapped the mother in this bonfire. So they make that plan. They go get the mother and bait her with Char, you know, because like the mother at this point is now walking the streets during Halloween night. And yeah, there is like a Halloween trick or treating scene here where she's like just acting like a psycho to walking down the street. And she's like, "Ah!" (laughs) like, it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like it's a grown ass woman looking normal as hell, but just like screaming at children. Right. Halloween. So no one's going to question it. (laughs) Yeah. It's fucked up. I think she's got blood on her though, from killing uh, her mother. Right, right, right. So, so, she, it's, so it's crazy. Right. So Shar's there, and she's waiting to lure the mother in, and um, Suzanne. She runs is, back to the bonfire, and that's where Suzanne's gone. Suzanne's gone, uh, and, and the, the bullies show up. Right. The bullies are there, and they they push her into the bonfire, into the middle of it, uh-huh. and they and the one bully is like, "What Excuse are you me. Do, What are you doing? This is not right. This isn't cool." And they, the other two bullies are throwing gas all over everything. Yeah. And the one bully's like, you're not really going to do this, are you? And she just lights it. <laughs> or does she? No, she tight. doesn't light it. Does she light it? I don't think she no, lights it. No, 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 no. she doesn't. Angela shows because up, they, and they run off. Right. They look back, and they're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where we start to see the creature changeling coming out. Yeah. So, yeah, the changeling gets in there because Char's in there, and we learn from Rita that the changeling is after Char because it lost Char when she was a baby, and they these spirits are vengeful, so they're mm-hmm. coming back for round two. Um, and Char, so Char just lights it from within um, while they're both in there. Yeah, I think Suzanne might show up and throws her like the the lighter yeah. and the spray paint or something like that oh, uh, yeah, to ignite spray, everything yeah. that's been to every everything yeah. that's been because which is kind of a nice thing to see again because that was uh, I mean, a lot of eighties movies utilized technology that you could see yourself doing so a little lighter with spray paint like yeah I just rewatched Arachnophobia with oh. the kid with, with the boys over the yeah. weekend because because I don't know if you've heard but they're going to be remaking that i believe really yeah with alec which Baldwin? i'm uh, he wasn't in arachnophobia oh no 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 wait who, well who, john goodman oh jeff daniels jeff daniels the... jeff daniels right, right. that's who it was yeah, but it it i think you were thinking alec Baldwin because beetlejuice and like the yeah. whole house is very much like beetlejuice's yeah, uh and I like think it came out around the same time probably too yeah uh yeah probably Anyways, so we rewatched that. And so in that film, they also have the spray paint with the lighter. And it's like, I think Gremlins might have done something similar even. Yeah. It, you, you used to see it all the time in the 80s. And so it's kind of cool and fun to like see that utilized again in a, in a newer movie. Yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> I happens. was into it. Yeah. So it gets lit up and... Suzanne pulls uh, Char to safety. Right. And then the mother comes back the next day, right? Or... 
that night somewhere oh, right there night, yeah the mother emerges or the mother returns. no she comes through the front door i'm pretty sure i remember yeah. that as being the embrace char is at home and the mother just comes to the door and now they've embraced and they're gonna try to live a normal life together with uh the brother dead the mother dead uh so not a very hopeful ending for yeah. our lead characters here especially because they i mean aside from char who had some agency and purpose and drive the mother obviously aimless and so i would imagine this has will have changed that hopefully but uh still not a good situation right right yeah um but you know uh a really good story and a really good ending uh i definitely think it it ramps up so well um and it and it doesn't fall flat at the end yeah, I mean, it takes a little bit of time, and I can see people, certain viewers that aren't uh, keyed into experiencing something like that will be disengaged somewhat because of that pacing. Uh, we're smart enough to know how to just like to to take that in, and or I can see that as being know. a drawback for others. Yeah, you know, so the audience score. Whenever we talked about the audience score making sense on Rotten Tomatoes being less than half, that makes sense because it that's just going to happen. Uh, people aren't as patient yeah they're yeah they're exactly that impatient and they just uh they're watching a movie uh to be entertained uh not necessarily for the art Mm -hmm. and that's fine if that's what you use movies for uh that's not not why they're made but i mean some of them i guess uh okay so i haven't looked at the director's um IMDb to see if they're going to be doing anything else or what else might be on the radar. No, it's pretty new. Um, directed a movie called Cat Calls and now doing this. And we'll have to see where things lead. This is, yeah, because this is still relatively recent. I feel like this is worthy of giving this person, giving Kate Dolan another go at making another piece of work because yeah the storytelling in it was great it was shot well executed well Loved it. there's no big complaints very oh, good yeah. very good cool All so right. to recap we both gave uh you are not my mother written directed by kate dolan a six out of ten all right and moving on to the innocence written and directed by eskiel vacht uh, starring Raquel, Alva, and Sam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is uh, a uh, Norwegian film. Yes. Uh, uh, during the bright. So, yeah. Oh, here we go. During the bright Nordic summer, a group of children reveal their dark and mysterious powers when the adults aren't looking. In this original and gripping supernatural thriller, playtime takes a dangerous turn. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. <laughs> I also love that they, I didn't, I never, I didn't read this, uh, like description until just, no, now. of course not. No, I just uh, saw the poster and remembered it being like, I just saw horror kids. Yeah. I want to yeah. see it. So mysterious powers when the adults aren't looking, I, I love that they, I, I don't know if I love that they put it in there, but I think it's cool. They put it in there only because when I was thinking about talking about this movie in this episode, I was, mm-hmm. I really wanted to bring up the fact that I think part of 
part of the the message um, is that is that you really don't know what your kids are up to and or going mm-hmm. through unless you're like a much more engaged parent yeah like, that's like, fair even and even, i mean even when you feel like you might be engaged you know you're you're missing probably yeah you but know, also well, kids are going to have this world that they live in and they're right. going to experience things and you aren't going to be able to penetrate it because it's it's their world no exactly exactly and i, I think that's what i loved the most about yeah. this movie was that was how terrifying it is as a potential parent or a parent um, yeah. being like, wow, when my kid is playing with other kids in the woods, I have no fucking clue what they're doing mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or what, you know, and, and I, they come back and I say, did you have fun? And, and they say, yes. And I serve dinner. Like it, it, it was just crazy to think about. And, uh, I'm really glad that, yeah, this, that this movie made me think that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that it's been a while since I've watched a movie. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe it's because it was with kids, but it has such a, it does a really great job of conveying or evoking the dread or the, the concern or the anxiety that you're going to have throughout a lot of the film. Like you're just going to feel a little bit icky or not well and you're gonna sweat a lot of moments you're gonna get i it had a lot of those emotions and yeah it would definitely with the way that the kids were it's just a scary time in general to be a kid it's scary to be a parent right now and this movie didn't do uh help any <laughs> with feeling good you know definitely as a as a parent of uh soon to be a third child i'm definitely concerned like right now, my my like the things that I'm worrying about are like my son, my oldest, is uh, going to be in first grade in the fall, and already he's starting to trade like Pokemon cards at school. He doesn't know the game; he doesn't can't read all the words on it. Sure. But he likes the Pokemon because of the cartoon, and so he'll take some to school, and he'll make a trade. Well, he like came to my house with a card that was like beat the hell up, and he's like, "Yeah, I traded this kid for it." And I'm like dude, you shouldn't have traded like for this piece of shit card. Like this kid probably took a perfectly fine, good looking card that you had. And so I was like a little bit upset with them or not with him, but like for him, like this, he was taken advantage of. And this sure. is just an innocent, dumb little Pokemon card. This means nothing. He doesn't care. He still thinks it's a cool Pokemon, but I, I see it as like, fuck this other kid. Right. right. <laughs> you know? Your, your kid and I'm like, and I'm like, this school, is just a right? dumb, this is just a dumb, innocent little Pokemon card thing. And it has so meaningless, but that little moment for me, I'm already like, gave me uncomfortable feelings in my fucking chest where I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, this movie does that, but cranks it up to a goddamn 11. Yeah. Uh, I think like even the good parents in the film, which are not, and, and, and I'm, I don't want to say, that some of them are are bad parents. I'm saying the white parents. You mean the, the good? Yes, the good parents. <laughs> Not because they're white. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. So like, yeah. but that's the one thing. So this movie does a a lot. Uh, deals with a lot of uncomfortable imagery and things. Oh, I, oh god, it's so and good. it's beautiful it's because so of that. Good. Yeah. Now I would. I'm gonna say this because apparently other people feel this way. Uh. But there's a there's 
trigger warnings that should be said in this for sensitive viewers. So if you watch this film, we've already told you spoilers and you know, you should watch this film for sure. You should watch this film. Oh yeah. Uh, Watch this movie as soon as possible. There's a, an animal cruelty trigger warning for this film that apparently I've, I actually watched a guy review this film and he intentionally gave it a lower score because he didn't like the animal cruelty scene. This is a grown ass man who was so uncomfortable with watching that scene that they judged the movie negatively because so this is a fucking child. (laughs) So I would say that, um, that, yeah, if you're watching a horror movie, um, you know, all bets are off when it comes to yeah. to death and gore. The like... amount of gratuitous violence that's in so much shit out of this world yeah. that isn't in this movie but exists. But this one thing with an animal, uh, I didn't like it, and so I. But uh, but it, it got less points because of that. And 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 I mean, obviously, this guy doesn't know what's going on because in every single case study of every mani- <laughs> maniac serial killer in the world what's the first thing that they do cruelty yeah. to animals is children and and that is the first instance of foreshadowing that this kid is is the villain if, if yeah this it's what we own. all did you know yeah. magnifying glass with ants or something else like that like and it's even it even happens in this movie early on with um our lead and the earthworm you know like right Kids are investigating and learning and understanding the world. Like this event that's going to happen, like it has a a logical evolution to this character, and it all makes sense. And it's disturbing and uncomfortable, but it's necessary to help heighten the experience of their detachment from from a good life. You know. Uh, so it's perfect. But so I put it in there because I heard several people talking about it in a way that was made them very uncomfortable and felt like, oh, I wish I would have known. I didn't I couldn't look at the screen. Like be a grown fucking adult and watch yeah. the movie. Oh, I, and I really couldn't take it when that cat died, but when that ten year old girl got stabbed, that was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out it's of here. So <laughs> so bizarre. Uh but I put that in there. And I mean all the other things that are going on. So okay. Christ. All right, so here uh, we go. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Here we go. Are we, what you want to get into? Uh, oh no, 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 no. Uh, uh, we, you know, we can keep going. Keep <laughs> keep talking about the so, cat scene. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that. But I mean, like, so okay. We talked about the emotional experience of the film dealing with. Oh. Okay, so let's talk about the children. Oh, also, the a four, couple things about the children. The four best performances of the year. <laughs> it's insane, and I fucking had a tweet about it. Uh, and I think even IFC, who distributed this, I think IFC Midnight distributed this. Yes, um, it is. Saying, like, the, they retweeted something. I was like, oh, well, guys, I've been trying to talk about your shit for fucking ever. I've been trying to screen your shit at my local theater here. How about yeah. you fucking let us do some screeners and shit, press release yeah, for your fucking go. movies so that more people see it. Anyways, they retweeted because I talked about the four fucking child actors are insanely perfect in this movie. They're so good. Uh, Raquel and Alva deserve a shared Best Actress Award for the year. They, it's those, wild. Those two are so incredible, 
uh, Raquel specifically because her character goes through um, the hero's journey. Um, right. Uh, uh, but but also Alva, and also Alva for going for going, going full retard. retard. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> for, as you know, in the the words of Robert Downey Jr., written by Ben Stiller, you can never go full retard. Um, Unless you do it this perfectly, where um, you're like, how the fuck did they get this autistic girl to not be autistic sometimes? Yeah, <laughs> like, no. what the fuck? It is was it, insane. Like, Is she autistic? I don't think so. I, I, right? I don't she's, know. She's no, be, because she's yeah. got to control when she, you know, yeah. talks and acts differently where she seems to have it in this control. Is, this, is you know, o- you... this is her only credit, is this movie. She was unbelievable, and I I've listened to the uh, to Escovac talk about the the children a little bit. I think this girl was ten that plays that character, a oh ten year old having this kind of fucking range with the with the material. It's insane. Oh yeah. I want to say the girl that plays Aisha was seven or something like that. So doing a film like this, just the child labor laws, casting had to be a a fucking chore, you know, oh, to go yeah. through and try to find the right kids because, and just all of them are goddamn perfect. It's, it's unheard of. You never see yeah. something like this where each character is so, and each actor is, hits it perfectly and they emote so much in their performance. It's, Oh yeah. I, I loved the uh, relationship between Ida and Anna and mm-hmm. like, it's, you know, it starts off. So we're getting all the, all the like background information on Ida and Anna because they're gonna be our main characters, and you know she like pinches her leg in the car, um, and then she pinches her again later, and she says she she doesn't feel it, mm-hmm. um, but that's when Aisha's there, right? And, yeah, later on, and, Aisha and she, tells her, "No, she feels she, all, everything she, you're she, doing." She hurt. She. See, it doesn't hurt her or something like that. And the Aisha's right. translation is, uh, it hurts her on the inside. Yeah. Yeah, which could mm-hmm. be taken two ways. She actually does feel the pain, uh, or she, it just makes her sad that their sister does that to her. Right. Um, just, I mean, so, like, this, like, the, once again, so subtitled again, so, like, you're reading and you're, you know, you're interpreting everything at, like, a deeper level because you're not just listening. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it's it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with that, also the because there's all children. It's about children. You know the that little blurb talked about when the adults aren't looking. The adults are very much in the background. I love that that choice was made for this film. Like you don't know a lot. I've heard people complain about like, oh, well, you don't get all the backstory. You don't really understand why this parent is like this and why this parent's like that. It's like, well, that's the fucking point for a lot of reasons. And so like, that's a shitty reason to, again, feel disengaged from the movie. It's not that they're not giving you enough. They're, it's leaving it. It's like, just like antlers, the background that happened with Jesse Plemons and um, what's their names? Uh, characters as children those flashbacks you get those blips it was just enough to kind of make it intriguing and interesting and to know that there was trauma and bad things that happened and you kind of see a little bit of it it was enough to explain or for me to understand their character at a deeper level and the same thing happens here i think all of the adults that are in the background most of the film 
with the exception of Ida and Anna's parents, who have a bit more of a foreground role, although yeah. not much more. Not much more than than Ben and Aisha's uh, parent, um, parents singular parents. Um, right. Each one a single mother too. Which, right. Um, was an interesting choice. There are um, scenes. There's enough information there for you to glean what's going on in the story there to help understand the children even more so and the reasoning behind their actions being like, you know, on two different sides of the spectrum with Aisha and Ben practically. And it's, it's understandable, believable. It's rich. It's there's depth there. Oh, I don't yeah. understand the the complaint that that that's somehow something lacking in the film because you don't get enough backstory or intri- things going on or do I need to you need to tell me that the, that mother is acting that way because she's addicted to drugs and there's an abusive uh, father to the child and now they live here because they had to separate because there was a domestic violence thing. It's like I don't need to see a flashback with that to understand that there's trauma right now. Like I get it. You yeah. showing her crying behind a cupboard. I understand. Right. It's enough. It's intriguing. I don't know the whole story, but I can piece together what it probably is. That was always that was great. Uh, and then the, the other thing I wanted to mention about this film is the cinematography and how oh, yeah. they play with things like the children's perspective. It's almost as if you're in the children's uh, eyes. Yeah. Like the scene with her, which is on the poster, which is like kind of like clued in where you're like paying attention to more so in that scene. She's yeah. on that tire swing and she's like her eyes are up. And you see the plane kind of coming out from the top of the screen into the building, like behind it. And it's just, it's just two blocks of color with a shape and it's just beautiful, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, this, this movie was beautifully shot and I, I do like a, they took the, a lot of height at like the waist of an adult. Um, and it, and the, the, it looks up at the adults and it's not necessarily, yeah. it's not necessarily POV cause the kids are over here. But the camera's still at their head height, kind of watching them come into the yeah. room, and uh, it was very interesting. A lot of um, also like out of focus, um, uh, and then it would come into focus as it progressed through the shot. Um, mm-hmm. They did a bunch, especially with the parents. Uh, I thought more than with anything else. Yeah, that and that kind of reminds me of um, Elijah Wood in uh, the Radio Flyer movie, where it's always you would just see the father's like legs, you know, sort of like. Like in Peanuts, you know, where you just see or Muppet Babies, right, you know? right, yeah, you don't see like, the heads. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, that yeah. kind of thing because you're <laughs> in their world, you're in their universe. Like yeah. it's really cool. Uh, I also really liked and, um, how the, you know, touching on the world of the of the children and and you know, not to call parents clueless, but also trusting where they're like, no, you can't go outside, and then she she just goes outside like Ida just opens the door and goes outside like mm-hmm. you you tell them to do something or not to do something and then you expect them to be in their room uh playing and, right but they went outside and now you have no idea where they are or what they're doing um just like really really good interesting um choices i think yeah, and I mean, it's an interesting living situation, too, because the environment that they're, all the characters are living in are these weird sort of high-rise apartment complexes that are on a larger compound of other units. And they don't necessarily seem, it's not like, you know, quote-unquote, like Section 8-type housing or low-income housing, but it, it very well could be very affordable. 
but there's probably nicer suites and less nice suites. Sure. But they all sort of have the same bones uh, in this this compound uh, with green space nearby. So it's there's sort of a sense of community there. And by the end of the movie, whenever everyone comes back from their holidays, it, you see the life that would be there. And we're just not experiencing that through most of the film. But the most of the film is just this narrowed focus where everyone else is gone. And, and now uh, they're coming back. And so uh, I think that's a really interesting juxtaposition. And the fact that there's this location where it gives them that freedom to get into trouble and go out on their own and become individuals and to strengthen their little bodies to who they are and to figure out their world. Like it's, it's a, it's a logical, sensical explanation of, of what kids are going to be getting into whenever they're in this kind of an environment. And it just really gives you a lot to think about or just to sit with like this. I've been sitting with for the past two weeks, ever since I saw it, just like, Oh yeah, man. Like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of wish I could have seen it a second time before tonight. Um, it was, it was so excellent though. Um, okay, so what we have is um, this family, um, the daughters are Ida and Anna, and they just move into this high-rise, and Ida goes out to make some friends. Uh, does she bring Anna with her the first time she goes out? I think she does, but this is where she meets Ben, right? Uh, no, she doesn't bring... Uh... She doesn't bring Anna, Anna with her, Anna. no, because in, so more or less like the intro is like, you just, yeah, you see the leg pinch, they get there, uh, and she like pieces out and does her own thing. Uh, and that's when she comes across Ben. She goes to the lake, she stomps on the worm. Right. So it's like early on, you're like, yeah, this kid's kind of a little fucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause she, cause she like, pinched right? her, she pinched the sister, she killed the worm. But yeah. already because the sister is obviously, um, uh, what is the, What's the the new word that everyone is using? Um, shit, I should know the word to describe someone that's not uh, not that they're necessarily artistic, but uh, divergent, neurodivergent. Oh yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. neurodivergent. So that's how you can describe uh, Anna, Anna's character as neurodivergent in whatever capacity. It's hard to really tell, but you know that there's something going on there, and so everything that Ida's doing, you can kind of understand, like as a kid you have your sister or sibling like this it probably takes a lot of the attention or focus off of you and that's probably is a shitty feeling or you have like some resentment or like just weird feelings and you're going to lash out a little bit so like the pinching kind of makes sense and maybe like the squishing of the worm like she doesn't want to fucking be here they're going here she wishes she was going on a vacation somewhere else which she talks about in a little bit but it's like you understand her frustration, but she's still acting like a bit of a dick. Yeah, know? yeah. No, I, th- I think that like all of her her uh, behavior is definitely warranted and like completely understandable. Right. Uh, but yeah, she is kind of uh, like, you're like, oh, this is a little bitch, this little girl. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, she meets Ben real quickly and Ben takes her to the woods. You see the tree house and that's where he wants her to test his ability that he's just discovered. Right, right. So she drops something and he kind of moves it before it hits the ground. It it started with a rock, but that was too heavy, so she did something smaller. Yeah, like a bottle cap, I think. And yeah. he like he shoots it as she drops it in front of him. Yeah. And I, I so I didn't know anything about the film. And when this was the first thing that I see, I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. What are they gonna do with this? Like, I was very intrigued. Like, 
I was excited. I was like, oh, really? It's going to be this kind of movie? Like, what the fuck? Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was I was pumped up. I was a little geeked out like, oh, shit, what are they going to do? What was the found footage one with the teenagers? Oh, um, uh, shit, I, I just... I, it was the one, it's what I thought of right Chronicle? Away. Chronicle, yeah. I loved Chronicle. Yeah. Loved Chronicle. Anyway. Um, the other one that I haven't seen that I thought of uh, that I know this is similar, at least in part to, would be Brightburn because it sort of has this... Yeah. Super powery type thing. Um, I would skip Brightburn, but I already saw it. It was not good. Okay. <laughs> um, so right, so Ben has his power, and um, Ida is trying to make friends. So the next time she goes out, she brings Anna, and um, you know, Ben still kind of keeps it under wraps, but I think you know they try to test something every time they they meet up. Yeah, and, and they're just playing around. And this is where uh, Anna and Aisha meet. Right, me and, um, and Aisha can hear he's... Anna's thoughts, and Anna can hear Aisha's thoughts, so now Anna can communicate through Aisha. But also, Ben is is gleaning their thoughts as well. Right, so it seems that Ida is the only one that isn't uh, gifted in this way. Where there's this, there's telepathy. There's uh, the kinetic, uh, psychokinetic Tele- abilities. Yep. And so, they are now a group of four that are gonna kind of spend time together and and play and test the bounds of yeah. of this this power. Like, and so the film starts to progress through all of that. Yeah, it's almost uh, almost like a montage, but they do it a little slower. Where they're yeah, there's. This film is relatively slow with it. Yeah, well, that and like I think a montage would just be like super out of place in a movie. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So they're like they like spread way out in the woods, and they're seeing how close the you know Ida because she doesn't have the power. She whispers the word in the ear, and the other two figure it out, and then they back off. But but now we uh, we make fun of Ben, and he has a little temper tantrum, right? Mm -hmm. And also, we didn't discuss the cat scene. <laughs> uh, I don't think it happens yet. The oh, cat scene is okay. going to be coming up. It's going to be coming up. So yeah, what happens is like um, they're like testing the powers, uh, and yeah, they're doing like telephone, but through their minds. So uh, Ida will whisper something into Anna's ear, and then they're going to try to get Aisha or Ben to hear it. And so then, like you're saying, they're in a scene later where they're further away in the woods, and they do that. And they say like uh, Ben is a turd or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, and he's like, and they all start giggling. Aisha's way far away. Yeah. The sisters are together, and Ben's over there making sort of like a triangle. You see, real just quickly, and it's a really cool shot because like cinematography, it's yeah. distant. You know, you, yeah. you the distance that they are from each other is how you're looking at it. The things happen. You see Aisha get knocked over yeah. from an invisible force, almost like, thrown. and then all of a sudden, yes. Yeah. All of a sudden, like camera cuts back to the girls and they look down the hill at Ben would be and you just see a rock fucking fly by their heads yeah. and just barely miss them. And it obviously came from Benny where he hurled a rock like yeah. super fast right past them. And they start to have a conflict. I think that's right even when uh, Anna's not even there at the moment, I don't think. Uh, it was just Ida, Aisha, and Ben. And this is where Ben starts to kind of get really pissed off. And Anna kind of confronts him and they're like both like staring each other down or saying like, don't fucking do this with one another. And the tree gets broken behind. Right. Them. And it like 
you see this explosive force of of energy that occurs yeah. from them and that's just where, mentally battling and anna gets that splinter that she has to explain later right right um, so, so yeah, I think it's right after these events start to happen that the the the, the trigger warning scene kind of comes up. Yeah. So the mo- the parents see the see that uh, splinter and they like come down on Ida really hard. Like you're supposed to take care of your sister. You're supposed to watch your sister. What were you doing? Ida mm-hmm. won't won't tell them. She makes up a lie. The parents know it's a lie. Tell us the truth, or you're grounded. She's like, nah. I'll just be grounded because, uh, you know, I have this private little thing with my sister and these two kids, and I'm not going to share it. Um, which is what kids do. Yeah. So let's get into the, the cat scene because this, for me, this cranked it up to another level, <laughs> and I was super pumped. Right, right. I, Anastasia also thought that you would love this. <laughs> yeah, a, any scene where, like, because it, it's 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 like a trope in itself, uh, where a pet or an animal gets offed in a movie, and so this one I just thought was a very creative way to do it, and I did not expect them to really follow through and take it to the level that they did. Yeah, it was it was a lot more graphic than I expected. I will say yeah, that. it definitely yeah. subverted my expectations. I, I expected to see like something off screen, or you just know something's happening, or whatever. So like, uh, yeah, Ben somehow finds the cat, or the cat is just outside. It's someone's cat, obviously, uh, and he like befriends it, and they're petting it and stuff, and like they're just like he takes Ida, and they just show up in the stairwell, and he's like, uh, let's see what happens, <laughs> and he they. <laughs> He drops it drop down it. the stairwell from like I can't think because we're just stairs. He's like, no, let's go higher up. And she's like, higher up? Are you sure we should go higher up? Right. And he's right. like, yeah. Uh, because so she's not all on board with like what he's seemingly about to do, and then he does it, and like they run down, and this cat is fucked up. It, yeah. Like you see a shot of it trailing around the corner, and so then they start looking for it, and they find it. And Ben's at first kind of upset and saddened because it looks like it already died. He's like, oh, it died. I didn't. Yeah. Is and that... I just got her distance. But then it's like alive. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and he's like looking at his broken leg or he's like making fun of it. Yeah. And then they, uh, he stomps its head, right? Yeah. He like yeah. slowly just like puts his heel over its small little cat head. And it's a far shot. Like you hear, and the cat's kind of like meowing and pain, like from its broken leg and the fact that he's now got his head, uh, its head under his foot. Yeah. And Ida's like looking back, like, "What are you? What are you doing? I don't like this." And you just hear the crunch. And it was very disarming. <laughs> like I didn't like it. I was yeah. pumped because I love seeing shit, crazy shit like that happen, especially with cats. But like I was like. I was cringing the whole time for sure. It was it was very much like the scene in Needful Things when um, mm-hmm. Rosanna Arquette, not Patricia Arquette, one of the Arquettes comes back to her house to find the dog dead. Yeah. Uh, like it was super cool uh, to see the like the graph like the practical effects were great, but it was also like kind of uh, like you, know, you want to yeah. I definitely far. got. 
I got sick about it, but like it was also awesome. Yeah, it was because, awesome. Like, was awesome. like because you just don't see people go to that level. Yeah. Uh, and so I think this is a good moment to talk because I feel like we've seen it a few times already. We might not have seen a ton yet, but uh, it's you're gonna find out that Ben's home life is part of what's fueling this disconnection right. from everything. Yeah, his mother is sort of it's again it's open to interpretation but his mother seems like disengaged or absent or uh she's very demeaning or uh demonstrably like uh antagonistic or abusive to him there's a few scenes where you see his body and you see bruises on his body yeah and so the abuse seems apparent you don't Uh, know if it talks down to him you don't know if it's her though or if it's like the men she brings home she i don't i don't think she's a prostitute but i think they give the impression that she's like looking for a man with money or a man who can take care of them right and like that's her only solution to the problem not like go out and get a job as is a solution sure. is, is well in it you remember choose or die yeah. where the girl's mother was clearly like they made it so obvious like there's needles on the thing there's a yeah. guy that fucking introduced himself like hey your mother better fuck me if you want me to get rent what are you doing like <laughs> yeah. i'm like jesus christ like this movie it's like let it stay somewhat open to, yeah, to you just know absolutely yeah we're we're pushing you in this direction do with the information what you will absolutely. uh so so him lashing out just like when you talked earlier about like it's been studied and known from psychoanalysis uh analysis that murderers or serial killers people that have traumatic adulthoods started experimenting with cruelty in such a ways with animals and so it is a necessary plot device to help put that feeling in your stomach that dread or that concern because you're seeing you're pairing that act with now these other acts that are continuing to go on of him having this superpower and you're like oh my fucking god like this is gonna be bad like you you gotta fix this like something what are you gonna do like this is not good this is not okay yeah (laughs) like and that's what's so fucking great about this is like and this kid is so goddamn perfect at being this little psycho yeah yeah he did such a great job but he's Uh, so like you feel so bad for him he's you connect with him you see how sad his his situation is but you hate him too because yeah. he's just taking the wrong path. All right. So well done. So let's uh let's do what we did in the last movie. Let's give us our rating and then let's let's hit the let's oh, hit yeah, the highlights. Yeah, yeah so I think that's all that's left there are highlights. Um lots, okay, of, sure. lots of big scenes. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh I am giving the innocence a nine out of ten. Hey. Dude. Uh, it's been a little while since we've connected uh, the same way uh, with movies. I also rated this a nine out of ten. All right. All right uh, yeah. I don't know if it's a movie that I'm gonna like be like you know rewatching or whatever, but like if I look back at this year, I know that this is gonna be one of the best movies that I saw. Yeah, yeah. This is gonna be if it doesn't make the top five, it will definitely be an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't say it'll if if it'll top five. Obviously, we're it's we're only in. Yeah, it's like you know. <sighs> if more fun movies come out that are just like a yeah. fun ride the whole time, because like, this yeah. isn't fun necessarily. This is like an experience yes. that you're really glad that you're taking, but you're not 
having fun watching it no, you're not no, no. <laughs> yeah and we get and we have evil dead rise this year and we still have yeah, nope, yeah, nope yeah. and the black nope phone. next month black phone this week i'm yeah. fucking seeing it in oh, two yeah. nights brother hell yeah <laughs> it'll be thursday next, night oh, we should do it for next week do the black phone and uh oh right because we we're talking about crimes of the future and crimes possible of the future. dash cam so that's that's two big movies yeah all right so all right we kind of got into uh so the only other thing real quick the backstory with aisha is a similar story to ben it's just that um aisha's mother just seems to be sad for whatever reason she hides her emotions behind cupboards and doesn't want her daughter to see what she's experiencing yep but she seems very good intent or a good person. Yeah. Uh, yep. She's trying to provide for her. She's just she suffering does. from depression or yeah. sadness. Maybe it's a partner that isn't there anymore, whatever it is. She's just doing her best, and they're they're obviously poor. And she's, she's a, as far as we can tell, she's a good mom or a good person, right? Yeah. So, and whenever I made the joke earlier, whenever I, the normal kids, like, and I was talking about like the their whiteness because Ida and Anna's characters are are Caucasian. Uh, ben and Aisha are not. It's a little bit of a, a one could draw uh, mis mis uh, mis ill intent or uh, an inappropriate connection between the fact that these characters are sort of like secondary or different or other classify them and it has something to do with with skin color like there's like an association there like these are the good kids and these ones maybe not so much it doesn't really fit because aisha is a sympathetic character but it is unfortunate that it just happens to fit that way with the way that they did their casting choices uh i don't think that the director is intending on anyone interpreting it in that kind of manner i mean absolutely i'm just trying to objectively see how this can be misinterpreted yeah by by a, a different kind of person. I'm sure um, the I'm sure the cat guy is like is like that little Ben is a terrorist because uh, ben, Ben's the villain and he and he definitely looks like Middle Eastern descent. So the guy the guy who got offended by the cat probably said something about that, but I don't think anybody else out there is. <laughs> well, and it's just unfortunate <laughs> because like you know they're uh, they're the ones that have the single parent households and right. it's just like the unfortunate statistics of what they're doing, it's like reinforced and maybe a potential negative stereotype. Whenever I'm watching these kind of things, I, I think I, I detach from that and I see it just as like the piece of art that it is. And I don't bring it into real world. Like, Oh yeah, obviously this is a person of color and that's why they have a single parent household. And that means this and this, that doesn't happen with me, but it's kind of there and it's a little bit unfortunate. Maybe they could have just built it a little bit differently so that it wasn't even a, an option to interpret it in a different way but i don't know i'm not giving up things i'm just observing that that's the thing so that's aisha's background all right so we got some big moments um was the kid before or after the mom the kid was before before the mom okay so ben figures and it's because ben's getting pissed off with his mother his mother's lashing out doing shit to him and so he's getting really frustrated and ben has also figured out that he can control people and make them move around yeah because I think that... he even does things with his mother. I think he does the stuff with his mother before. Before, right, right. Before the boy. Yeah. All right. Does he make her like burn herself or something? Yeah, well, yeah. He's she's arguing and she's cooking at the stove. Oh, oh right. He, oh, she does that first. 
Yeah, so yeah. That, so. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Aisha's. Uh, no, no, which no, no, is no, no, no. Very much at the end. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, his mom. No, yeah. Yeah, so Ben yes, yes. so Ben controls his mom. She's she's boiling hot dogs. Uh great mom of the year award. Uh <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I definitely loved boiled hot dogs. I love up. boiled I, hot dogs. I mean, I, I look back and I think it's disgusting because I grill the fuck out of them now. So that I, it, you yeah. know, funny story. I, I had hot dogs tonight I because also, I had leftovers from I, the weekend. I also only eat beef hot dogs as an adult. The pork and chicken. Oh hot well, dogs yeah. Can fuck off. <laughs> no, no, but no. As no, a kid, no. it was all about pork okay. and chicken. Boiled pork and chicken was where it well, was. Well, there was no. I don't think there were beef hot dogs when we were. Oh, there might not. have been like you know sabrettes or other kind of right, styles, right, right. you know kosher bullshit where it's like, oh no, those are the Jews hot dogs. You take that shit. <laughs> like, and I say that because that's probably what my parents would have told me. Would have said, uh, right? You uh, know, yeah. I grew up All Catholic, right. very Catholic. <laughs> so, um, so, so she, he makes her, he makes her go over and grab the pot and just like pour the hot water all over herself. And, and she it's not like, how it happens. is that not how it happens? Something like that happens. <laughs> he like, he shifts it mentally. Oh, and it like, he knocks it, it splatters off. Her, it splatters okay. her. And she, and he's laughing and she's like, what the fuck are you laughing at? And then he whacks her in the head with a pan mentally. Yeah. yeah. And then she gets knocked out unconscious. And then he and knocks the And then whole thing. he pours the whole fucking thing onto her and she can't do anything because she's just out. Yeah. And, and then he doesn't so not like the cat he doesn't finish her off so we we know that she dies but he just lets her lay there and die yeah <laughs> and he it, kinda, and he's kind of like, reacting to it he's okay with it but eventually he's like he is upset that he did this yeah yeah he, he is showing he some has remorse. remorse and and that's where like so so the movie doesn't go full bad guy with ben um i mean it does but like it makes you wonder if there's redemption um yeah or that there could have been, but like with this fucking woman as a mother, like, yeah, she has no idea what she's getting into, and and she's not helping the situation. Like, regardless, he's not going to have a good fucking childhood with the way that yeah. she acts. Regardless, sure. you know, without this power, or whatever, it was not going to be a good situation. Yeah. So, because when we see him with the kids, Ida kind of controls his temper. Like, if Ida is being nice to him, uh, he's fine. If if Ida doesn't like something right. that he does. He gets mad because he has this connection uh, to her. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a kid who. Uh, so they try to play soccer, uh, Ida. And, yeah, earlier. Uh, yeah, yeah, earlier in the movie. And this, even, this yeah. kid kind of is like, "Get the fuck out of here." Um, and so Ben figures out right that he can control people. He even controls Ida in the forest, um, just to sh just to show her that he can do it which really mm -hmm. freaks her out um, right which makes ben upset because he doesn't like hurting ida for whatever reason um, right well yeah it's it's like probably his own his first friend seemingly because right. he is the first one to see her across the lake at the start of the movie and it's like maybe that's what it is that he hasn't had a friend and she's the first person to become yeah. a friend yeah and they actually you know they have a lot of fun together they laugh and they play yeah and... he has that mind power and she's like yeah i can do this with my arms he like inverts yeah, her elbows right. a little bit and he's like oh my god yeah that's crazy <laughs> yeah because they're kids and right. every and everything is amazing when you're a kid right yeah um 
So he, so he learns he can control people with his mind, yeah. So he controls a um a dude in some apartment um to mm-hmm. to go outside um and to walk across this bridge where there's the boy and uh he throws him over it, right? Or does he No, he no, beats, he beats his head into the he rock. Beats his head in, yeah. 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 Cuz you see the blood stain on the bridge. Right, right. So he just murders him. Mhm. Yep. And then uh And so wow. like this kind of causes like a potential plot wrinkle because then never you know some people are like, "Oh, well why would you let your kids out after this?" This was an older kid and so right. The parents logical, at least Ida and Anna's parents, logically are like that kid was way older than they are, right? Like that wasn't like a friend or anything like that. And so they feel a little they're a little concerned, you know, be careful but like there's no reason to associate that with what could happen to you because it was right. a different it was thing. Different, yeah, and also it was late. It was it was night, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't during the day, yeah. which is when the variables the that yeah. led to that you will never interact with. And so I was I think it's okay to continue to let you experience life out together. Right. Um. Okay. So then we have. There's there's a a big rift, right? And it involves Anna. Um they have another like well, almost fight. The, no, yeah, I think there's another fight with um Aisha because she's starting to sense like she sensed that something was going on with the mother, but she doesn't really know. Right, right. Um And so, well, so then, you know, Ben has to, has to rub out Aisha, but like the, I forgot what the inciting incident was for that. Oh, well, so I think now it's just like, um, Ida and, um, Ida and Ben are, he like wants to show her what he's capable of. And so then they are looking at the soccer field from afar. And this is, I think where the next thing Ben does is he does this and i think that's what gets aisha so pissed off and that's where they have a a conflict that anna resolves right gets him to stop and then that's what puts them like where now all three of them are on defense yeah they're all like they're all like he could could kill any one of us we gotta right so this was another scene that i thought was really well done the anxiety was through the roof for me because You know what he's going to do. He's looking at the kids playing soccer. It's from far away. And he's like, just watch. And and you're just waiting for something to happen. You know how it's going to happen or what he's going to do. But you've seen him do crazy shit. I think he even, he has, he has her, right before this, I remember now, he has her hold the stick. And he's right. just, hold that stick out. Yeah. And he's just like looking at it. And he fucking snaps, snaps that goddamn it, yeah. thing. And it's in peace. And she's like, whoa. Yeah. And again, kids exploring shit thinking it's cool as, as hell. And so he's like, now come watch this. And you're just thinking about that goddamn stick. Yeah. The whole time. And you're just waiting and waiting, waiting. Oh my God. This, this guy, scene was. Yeah. This kid's driving tense. down the lane and then his leg or his ankle just. Yeah. Crunch. Just like his just pop. Yeah. It's super gross. Yeah. Uh, the screaming. And really. And yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. You hear the screaming. And so then I think Aisha confronts him, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And they start having their powers back and forth. But he's overpowering her. I think he's making her choke. Uh, she can't right, breathe. Right. And so then Anna comes and saves 
Aisha Aisha. and gets Ben to stop. And I think Ben also realizes here that Anna is probably stronger than him. Yeah. I think Ben definitely is aware that she's stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So for whatever reason, we, you know, once Mm -hmm. again, it's, it's a lot, you know, the, the, the movie is a lot of nuance, a lot for interpretation. Yeah. And with like the way that we're getting into some of these bigger beats, like there's a lot going on in between this little things that you'll see and, you know, that just give more detail and nuance to each character and the way that they're evolving. Oh yeah. uh, That we're just not going to get into the scenes that the cinematography of when Aisha is like first discovering her power to, to communicate with the other kids, uh, you know, like that where it's going through the, the complex, the aerial view in the fog is really interesting. Uh, I loved all that, you know, the way that they show how those things are evolving was beautifully done. Um, so now there's three against one for the most part, but really it's just two because Ida's kind of useless, but Anna and Aisha have a bond and Ben is threatened at this point. He's done something wrong. He's been confronted by doing something wrong. The heat's on him. At some point they're going to finger him and he's going to get in trouble for all the shit that he's done. And he's doesn't want to face any of those consequences. Right. And um, so he utilizes but, his new p- skill set. But with all of this uh, still still in his brain going on, he um, he still wants to be Ida's friend. Mm-hmm. He still believes that Ida's his friend. Um, so Ida uses this against him to to she realizes that she has to. Oh no 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 wait! This is what happens next right yeah all right so first you go you couldn't go ahead do this one no it's fine because because the he wants to take care of aisha so he takes care of aisha right so so this is where we get to see so we got to see a little bit of how he controls people with ida but now we get to see it for real with how he controls uh aisha's mother yeah Um, uh he from his room he's able to just kind of put his mind out there and take over people's bodies. And like, whenever we see it with uh, Ida, he he makes her think that the log next to her is a snake. She's afraid of snakes. And that's what she sees. He doesn't force her to see a snake. It's just that they explain it. And it's really kind of cool mythology here of like this power where it, it, what you fear or some other subconscious type thing triggers and that's what you see as a threat or something and it gets you to do the action that he needs and so it makes aisha look like a monster almost like yeah like a yeah holding a dead rabbit or something but it's 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 her it's her toy bunny yeah it looks like a monster because they're just having a normal night and she leaves the room she goes because she hears this thing and it's that she's in this other world now you know it's almost like we talked about Stranger Things. It's kind of like the upside down sure, in sure. a little bit of a ways, you know, because so you can yeah. just think think of it as like the same geographical footprint and same people, but they're not themselves, you know. Yeah, she and she grabs like a she grabs a like kitchen a, knife. a kitchen knife and comes yeah. back with it, and the uh, Aisha's like, "Mom, what are you doing?" And then with no struggle, no fight, no action, the knife just. Slides, comes from behind comes from behind right? just slides right in uh and so this for me <laughs> like 
was way more traumatic than yeah. uh than the cat obviously so like because aisha was a beautiful character aisha is the one that's connected with anna yeah. she's the one that has gotten anna to vocalize words yep. to her mother and sister yep. that is now giving them hope that this what they're deeming as autism that she's experienced since she like turned three or four where she she had speech and then it just regressed and went yep. away like there's this light and life and so aisha's character is like she's helping people she yeah, is a good she, she hearted was definitely person. The, she was the heart of the of the team right <laughs> yeah and she's still so innocently like approaching her mother like what is it what you do to just like she's just fucking stabbed and then the mother comes out of the trance and yeah. it's just happening it just freaks out and it's so tragic yeah and, she and then calls, gets arrested for right killing her daughter. And... Right. And that's what's sad, too, is because now it's like the next thing. And like now Ida is trying to process it and the father's talking with her. And the, and this is the other thing, too, where the interpretation of the events can be. This is how an adult explains it. Like the supernatural element cannot occur. And so they see like it was a single mother. She was mentally ill. She was sick right. she was in sick. the head. And yeah. that's why she did this. You're yeah. safe. You don't You're have anything safe. to worry about. Ida knows she's not safe because yeah. it's fucking Ben that it's did this. Ben, yeah. <laughs> and now that now, now Ben, she has to come up with a fucking plan to murder. A ten. She's 10. Right. She's 10. She has to murder a ten, another 10 year old and her 12 year old autistic sister has to help out. Right. Like how the fuck who she can't communicate to anymore with because, because without Aisha gone. and Ida doesn't have any yeah. powers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's uh it's feels more and more hopeless for her, but she gives it a shot. She tries. Yeah, right. So she lures him to that bridge, the same bridge where um he had the the teenager beat to death. Yeah. Which I feel like, you know, he should have saw something was coming <laughs> earlier. Like he's a kid though. Uh, but I think it was pretty obvious. The yeah, plan. She, she she's, kinda, she, 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 she's like, yeah, it's a toy plane. She's like, uh, why don't you get up get, on the ledge there and throw it? Yeah, you'll get a better throw. <laughs> yeah. And he, he gets up there and she goes to push him and she gets caught by like a stranger. He's like, what yeah. are you trying to do? What are you doing? Hey, and, get down from there. Yeah. And she pushes him. She sees that she's getting in trouble anyway. She pushes yeah, him right like, up. Fuck, she's gotta, like, fuck. I, I got to save myself and my it. sister and pushes him right off this thing. And mm-hmm. I guess he like he doesn't land on the road though he lands in the grass. No, on the side, the berm, yeah. the median, whatever. He's not in the road. Yeah. So she runs away, and very quickly as she's running away, she's now in the upside down, uh, and she's experiencing her visions of other figures that are coming after her, and it's kind of throwing her off. And she's walking, but she's now off the bridge and around the forest and towards the road and she's coming in coming into the road and there's a car coming and she barely jumps out in time and she's clipped by a car and she wakes up in a hospital right. so now do you interpret this this seems like this was ben doing this uh, yeah but yeah. Yeah. yeah uh so somehow he was able to get her to to walk into traffic well, to walk into seems. traffic yep yep and uh, yeah, uh, so she comes out of it, and now it's like, uh-oh. yeah, what what can they do? Yeah. Um. So do you think do you think she showed, uh, she exhibited any uh signs of power of power when she got clipped by the car? When she got clipped by the car, no. No, like she didn't throw herself. I don't. 
Uh, I, like, I don't re- think that like that was it wasn't overt. Okay, I didn't yeah. interpret it that. I didn't interpret it until she was like, now uh, her sisters left the fucking room and she's got to go help. Like uh, that when she gets rid of the cast, that's the only moment when I thought, okay, she's something's happened and it's it's awoken right. in her awoken, for some yeah, reason. Yeah. It's not explained how. Maybe I don't know how. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Doesn't you don't really understand. But like, yeah, things are going to culminate here at the end of the scene. So, because what is it? The mother is goes out, and I think that you might be interpreting this as Ben controlling her to go out, possibly. Yes, yes I think it was because, um, like, I think she's like packing to get some things together, and then it doesn't make sense that she just leaves. Plus, she wouldn't leave the kids unattended, right? Because they're just going to go out and that's what happens right anna goes out and she comes down to the water's edge yep. everyone is now back from the summer uh from their holiday so there's people everywhere um ida is there or ida she's not there yet out. yeah right anna and and ben are on opposite sides of the water that we see at right. the, the beginning of the movie and they're kind of just doing their mental battling Battle, yeah. uh like watching x-men you know it's like yeah. where there, there's something going on but you don't get to see it you see the water rippling leaves rustling and you see them kind of like collapsing or like moving back like yeah. there's this unforeseen unseen force that's occurring uh, and, and it's uh, like i think tit anna, for tat and it kind of loses too right she yeah like stumbles backwards and kind of almost falls um yep but then that's when ida gets there and they, how does he get to the swing? Does he just go sit in the swing himself? I think, yeah. Like, I think he's, like, impacted and hurt. Or, like, it seems like or he's she tired. overpowered him. Yeah. And so then he ends up collapsing or sitting onto the swing. And uh, so, that, yeah, at this point, Ida has come down the stairs. And it's that, that scene where she, like, she's got a cast from the, the car accident. Yeah. She is trying to break it with her by herself on the... Uh, the stair just right, like shatter right. the plaster but it's not working so then she screams and uses the power a kinetic type power yeah uh telekinetic it's power like and she shatters yeah. the cast yeah and then she's like i'm just gonna run yeah. and she's able to run so and then the two of them are together <laughs> and, and they get down them. there and now they're doubled up to go after ben he sits on those that swing and there's you just you see them kind of concentrate and yeah. this like whoosh that, of that energy whoosh, yeah just leaves his body and he yeah and he also like his head goes down and his and this yeah just like falls slumps down. right yeah, and he slumps onto the swing and everybody yeah. around him is still playing and, and having a good old time so here's the other thing okay and then uh they go home uh father shows up uh and the father's like yeah there's a kid that's died at the ambulance or whatever and like you see anna with her scribble pad She's drawing on it, and I love this because I love the scene. I wanted to mention it. She's drawing, drawing, and then she she does the eraser on it, and she just like kind of pauses and is like just looking, and you see the clean slate. And I thought that was a really beautiful way to end the movie, right? Because the way you can interpret it is just there, you know, is is a tabula rasa type thing, right? Right. Their for future, yeah, it's yeah. For, yeah. Um, is it? There's a pensive weightness where she's cognizant and she's reaching out or considering what to do what's next. happening yeah, you know yeah 
Uh, and like that she will start to get back from the the, the neurodivergence that she's experiencing, you sure. know? Even if not, she has Ida now who is powered and can conceivably communicate with her the same way Aisha could. Mm-hmm. Um, which means she at least won't be alone in the world, which is a, also a nice um, a nice thought. Once again, all of it left open uh, to, to interpretation. Real, just done so well. Um, you know, the other thing though that was that was I wanted your opinion on is that end scene, the final battle that's occurring with the characters. All the kids are gathering on the balcony. Many kids are gathering oh, on the balcony yeah, yeah, yeah. to watch the battle. And it seems as if they're all aware of what's happening. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's showing all the kids in the in the complex that are powered, right? So, yeah, that's, so that's, that's how I'm interpreting it. So, so I wonder if you could go back and watch it a second time, right? You could assume Aisha and Ben were exposed to whatever... Um, gave them the power because they've lived there longer. Now, what did Anna do in the beginning of the movie that Ida never didn't do until later in the movie? So why did Anna get it first? Why did Ida get it later? Um, If there was something they were exposed to on the grounds of this apartment complex, that is what gave them the power, because we have Mm -hmm. all these kids who are powered for no reason. Um, so, I mean, but that's, that's like, if you're looking for a physical explanation, right. um, as to like how they got their powers, like in a super hero, um, kind of right. exp- where's explanation. The, where's the spider, you right. know, where's the, yeah. the gamma rays that did this? <laughs> right. Uh, um, there's a, there's another, you know, way you can look at it is just like, uh, well, these kids are awakened and these kids aren't and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, to be awakened, you have to go through some kind of trauma and um you know ida goes through this near-death experience of getting hit by the car and has powers after it anna we can assume mm-hmm. anna we can assume has had all sorts of trauma um mm-hmm. as same with the other two um, yeah so yeah that's a good I, way so, to look so, at it too. Ida, yeah so ida doesn't get her power until after her trauma um, right the events that happen with all of them that have already had it and now what she were the near death experience of uh, yeah, avoiding she, the car. She, she lost Aisha. She mm-hmm. tried to murder someone, and then no. she got hit by a car. All com- you know, compiled to to awaken this power in her. Well, and that's a really cool kind of way to touch back to the title of the film being the innocence. The innocence, uh, yeah. plural of like you know, as children, the the innocence as the characters uh, that the loss of innocence. Yeah, I, there's I, a I'm, lot of beautiful I, ways to just live with the movie and to yeah. experience it. Well, that's that's just it. Is like I loved that Ben killed his mother, and I was still rooting for Ben to not be the villain. Yeah, I still yeah. wanted Ben to get better. I didn't want right. him to keep killing. Like, mm-hmm. like after after that, like after the mother. It was like okay, he's he's done. He's off the rails. Like like he's yeah. the, he's the villain. He'll, that's that's the storyline, right? But the cat and then the mom, because the mom is so understandable as a child, uh, you know, feeling so much like rage, and hate, and resentment for someone you mm-hmm. love because of how they treat you, like 
I totally get it from the child perspective with that kind of power, you know? Right. Not... Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it's an, it's an unknown force that he doesn't know how to handle or control. Right. And it's just an emotional lash out. Like maybe it's just a thought of like thinking to cause harm. Yeah. And in reality with this, it is causing harm. Yeah. And it was not intended to do that. He was just angry and his emotions overrode his, his consciousness and did this awful right. act that he yeah. was not in control of. Yeah, so I was still rooting for Ben until until he took over the the man to to murder the the teenager, um, mm. and and I mean that's and that's what sets this movie apart from other movies. This what sets eights, nines, and tens apart from seven and belows. You know, they make you feel, they move you, um, they make you think, um, and this movie this movie definitely did it all. Yeah, uh, just like fucking crazy that these children led this film because uh, oh you're God. never you never once are taken out of the film because of how they're acting no. it all seems like just genuine like this is them and, and you know i've i've we've said that a few times with different characters and the roles that they portrayed it happens from time to time and god it's just like with this film it was incredible i'm in awe that a yeah. child th- that age can can do this all all of those performances were insane i have never i mean like american children actors and actresses are you know they you know it looks like they got fed the line right before they hit record you know yeah it's different like you think of like you know like what we were just talking about stephen king uh movies earlier and so like you think of a, a stand right uh i actually never or stand by me stand by stand by me yeah stand by me well, they were all fantastic. I mean, right, but <laughs> it's a different kind of portrayal. Sure, you know? sure, yeah. It's a diff- It's definitely a different movie, and they were also much older than these kids were. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can't even come up with a, a good example other than yeah. like other than like Leia in Obi Wan, um, who's obviously very young, and I'm not saying that you know that she's a bad actress, but you know it's it's obviously the critically acclaimed limited series that is having its season finale tomorrow yeah it's it's a it's a great series but i mean her acting is uh, is you great. know it's not good it sounds like she's reading you know i mean it's not a nine <laughs> what do you, what, what, okay if you're giving obi-wan oh, limited Obi-Wan? series as of now what do you give that out of a 10 Ooh, I don't know. Without without the finality. Without, without the, finale? the, the finale. Probably a seven. What are you? Seven. Probably a seven. Yeah. I I'd, I'd give it a, a five. Yeah, it's. I think that's generous. It it really needs the last episode to to blow me away. We'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, because like it's just there's been so many things that are just like flat to me. I I really that... liked the first two episodes, or I really didn't like the first two episodes. Um, but three, four, and five all gave me something. Uh, yeah, yeah, it got better, but uh, like the the Reva story, you know, it makes sense, I guess. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm I don't fine. know how. I don't know how this uh, the Grand Inquisitor fucking comes back to life after getting uh, impaled by a lightsaber. Yeah. I mean, I guess okay. I mean, if well, Anakin can survive being uh, yeah. <laughs> fucking Sh- cut in chopped half, chopped up like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I don't uh, know. The power it's, of the dark side is strong. It's it's very strong. Um, yeah, I'm 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 with it. I mean, I think uh, Ewan McGregor is crushing it in the role. You know, um, I'm I'm really loving anytime Vader's on the screen. So I, so I'm getting I'm getting what I want out of it. You know, the B plots sure. and the yeah. C plots are kind of meh, whatever. But yeah, the the A plot's fine, good enough for me. <laughs> Yeah, it's. A, I feel like it's. It, it's left me. Uh, when you see how grand and how awesome something like uh, the Mandalorian can be, you know, it's like yeah. you wish that you could see that kind of an energy or storytelling with these characters that you love. Yeah. In a different way, and it's just not there. Well, so what I like about the show is what it does for filling in the blanks, right? Um, right in A New Hope, which was shot in 1979. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the 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 recording of R two D two, Princess Leia, help me Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Luke right. only only knows him as Ben. So we have a gap to fill in where he gets to know Leia, to the point where she calls him Obi Wan and is the only person in the galaxy that could help her. Right. And Luke only knows him as the crazy old man named Ben. Who, right. who 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 keeps an eye on him? Mm-hmm. So so you know if there's a season two or season three, obviously we can do more of that. But like so so season one, right here, Leia gets kidnapped. Obi's got to save her. Yeah, it's really like D and D adventure esque, where it's like, oh go here, oh go there, oh my thing didn't broke down, so I gotta fetch the part, and I gotta, and and that was very Mandalorian any, anyway. The the yeah. the fetch quest um or rpg right, right. storytelling well and i was uh, <laughs> i listen, i follow um uh red letter media on youtube and yeah. they they will always do reviews and they just did a, a recent recap and review of obi-wan and they were laughing at the scene where they're they're on that uh speeder run by the guy with the mole guy with the face yeah. and like the 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 laser bridge is still up and he's like, Oh, we got to get around this. Oh. And he's like, you gotta, sh- gotta shoot it. And it's like, just walk around the fucking gate. Yeah, like it's yeah, just, yeah. you're in the open deserts. Like they're laughing, making fun yeah. of that. Like how absurd it was. Like there's no need to, yeah. to blast it. Like it was a, a hurdle. Just yeah. walk around it. It, it was literally like that scene from blazing saddles with the, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know somebody go back at a <laughs> shitload of dimes. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all I can't right. How we how we got into there, but at any rate, at any rate, you <laughs> ben, are not right. Obi Wan, Ben, uh, ben you are not my mother. Uh, we both gave it a six. Six, yes. And the innocence, we both gave a nine. We gave it a nine. Pretty cool. Pretty good. Pretty good uh, stuff. One might call nice. Yes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> For episode 25. Oh, wait. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Smash those buttons. Um, I still don't even know where or how you you would do anything besides like. I know how to like things. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never left a a YouTube comment. (laughs) I don't know how to subscribe. Oh, you don't? I just thumbs up everything. Oh, well. I'm old. I, I subscribe. I'm subscribed. You're old. Subscribing <laughs> is easy. You just hit the the little plus thing. It's easy. Everyone should subscribe. Right. Uh, more content will be coming uh, in the near future. We're gonna have a small little summer break coming up shortly. 
but uh we got bigger and better plans coming to the channel uh this oh, format's yes. been fun i think we're going to be tweaking some things and doing some new and exciting things as well yeah so episode 26 will probably be our last episode i think before the break um mm, which, probably yeah which we're looking at uh definitely uh crimes of the future and mm -hmm. the second film tbd tbd yeah <laughs> there's some options there yeah. you know and i think the other thing that might be fun for us to do uh which i'm just gonna float to you now is uh we could sort of do it like a, a year so far 2022 Ooh. year so far what are the so tops what are the bottoms what are yeah, whatever yeah, sure sure that could be a one just our, a quick our, little summary type our video first video back that sounds good could be fun so we'll see all right well uh for episode 25 of the podcast for the recently deceased i'm nate roberts and i'm ronnie godek take care and we'll see you next time